0: All right. So hello everybody. My name is Camela. I'm a user researcher and brand strategist uh, for Happy Working Lab Consultancy Agency, co-working and co living specialized. I will be the moderator of this panel of this session. Um, I will just be, well, the MC. I will be introducing Mark Hilbert here. He is the CEO of Liquid Space and he will be upboarding this um, the main question of. Why has the flex workspace industry in Europe such a big, has such a big potential and why will it growth as much as in the US? So I will leave you up to it, Mark. And then at the end, uh, when we are just about to finish I will come, come again with the q and
1: Thank you so much. Uh, good afternoon, everybody, or good morning wherever you are in the world. Um, I must first just say, uh, it's an incredible pleasure to be with all of you, many friends in the audience, I think. Uh, and I'm also greatly disappointed that we aren't all able to be together in Vienna. Um, but we will again soon. I'm, I'm confident of that. Um, let me also say that um, uh, based on the on the introduction that was just made and the suggestion that we, Liquid Space, a company based in the United States, can tell you all who are based in Europe about the opportunity in Europe. Let me be a little bit more humble than that. Let let me share with you in the course of this presentation today what we're seeing happening in North America uh, and how it is beginning to influence our activities in Europe and why we are so optimistic about the global opportunity for co-working. Um, I decided to be a little bit playful with the the title for this presentation, so I'll I'll, I'll talk us through it and let me explain it from a backstory standpoint. Learnings from across the pond, i.e. learnings from North America looking out at the rest of the world a co-working renaissance and reinvention in a time time of COVID. Of course, we're all living today uh, with the crushing effects personally and financially of a global pandemic that just won't seem to go away. And uh, I remain optimistic. I'm quite confident that the year ahead will be a a year of rebirth for us, Uh, but certainly has had an incredibly challenging impact on our industry over the last nearly two years. But what's so incredibly exciting is that we now see that the effects of this horrible hardship of COVID are gonna result in a historic, a massive, an extraordinary, a once in a generation transformation of the larger office industry that we all live in. And I'll share with you why we are so incredibly excited and why we think anybody involved in any way with the co-working industry, whether in Vienna or in Belgium or in the UK or in Australia or China, or in Boise, Idaho, where I began my coworking career, should be incredibly excited. Quickly on that, 15 years ago, I opened up a coworking space in a small city in the western United States, a little town called Meridian, Idaho. 80,000 people, and I launched a coworking space when the name coworking, or the term coworking, was still pretty young. Um, Never in my wildest imagination, or dreams even, did I consider that 15 years down the road, I'd be on a conference call talking to a global audience and talking to an industry co-working, flexible office, that now represents what I think is the white hot center, the very core, the nucleus, the sun in the middle of the office industry and the sun, the nucleus in the middle of the way that people think about work and workplace. Um, For the remarks today, uh, I'm gonna actually share uh, a good many of the slides that I had a pleasure of presenting in person about three weeks ago at the Cornet Global Summit in Seattle. And the reason why I've chosen this set of slides to share is that for anybody who's been to Cornet or is familiar with Cornet Global, that is an industry association and a conference that serves large companies. In the US, we call them enterprises, but in Europe, you can think of them as large employers, large organizations, large enterprises. Companies like British Petroleum and Genentech and Roche and Spotify and Cisco and at and and Salesforce.com. These are all large enterprises, companies that employ 1,000 or 10,000 or 100,000 employees. And so uh, when I addressed them in this presentation three weeks ago, I began by saying that uh, these are strange times and, and we are all in a race against time. We're in a race against time in the office industry as we sit on a planet that's growing warmer uh, with the responsibility that we contribute as an industry, over 40% of the carbon footprint on the planet. We're in a race against time as large employers to figure out what we're going to do with our existing traditional leased office footprint. That month by month and quarter by quarter and year by year is growing older. And as lease end dates come up, enterprises, we enterprises have decisions to make. Do we continue to stay in that least footprint or do we consider things that are more creative and flexible like co-working? And lastly, we're in a race against time to prepare ourselves for the re-entry, the re-emergence of our employees from working at home. For much of the last two years, most enterprise large company employees have been working at home or at least remotely. Um, and they have grown accustomed to that. They figured out how to make it work. But the day is approaching hopefully soon when they will be uh, able to and allowed to by their companies to return to something. And of course, our opportunity is to be as much of that something as we can. Um, there were a few gasps in the audience at Cornet when this slide came up. I, sa- I said quite humbly, I said, folks, I don't mean to insult anyone, but here we are, 20 months into a pandemic, and our industry, the office industry, not co-working, but the office industry as a whole, I said, and I believe, is a $4 trillion dumpster fire. If that term isn't familiar to you, it's sort of a, a slang and, and somewhat, somewhat abrupt way of saying that there's a problem. There's a fire burning. Something's not going right. In the office industry, the problem's pretty simple. You all know it. You see it. For the last two years, the customers of the office industry have not used offices. They were sent home by their employers two years ago. And in the months and the years since they did that, they've figured out how to make it work. We've all become familiar with Zoom. We've all figured out how to hack out a viable work experience at home much of the time and also at co working spaces. Um, and in that time, for those employees who in the past used to commute to campuses and work in cubicle farms, They've come to grips with many of the things that they probably didn't like about the old way of doing things back in 2019. The long grinding commute of an hour or more in a car or on a train, the monotony of a work environment, the distractions of working inside of open space plans, for many, the lack of diversity or equality within the workplace environment. As we contemplate uh, what the future holds. And as, as the companies that we're working with here at Liquid Space, mostly mid-size and larger enterprises, uh, begin to think about post-COVID, um, we have clarity and employers that we're working with and the employees of those companies and the planet all have clarity that we must as an industry bury the past. We cannot let office and workplace in 2022 and 2023 Simply be a return to the old office commute. Now, I know I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak, here with all of you as co-working entrepreneurs and providers. We, of course, as a co-working industry, are all about providing companies with a compelling alternative to simply returning to the office commute. What's driving the shift, what what has compelled companies like Spotify and Shopify and Deloitte and PwC and the US federal government and AT&T and VMware, what has compelled them to think differently about workplace? First and foremost, it's the fact that employees globally are speaking loudly and clearly. Nine in 10 globally have said that they don't wanna return to the traditional full-time office experience. Now that doesn't mean that they're saying no to ever working in an office, but what they are saying loud and clear is that going back five days a week to an assigned desk is not what they want. Moreover, if you drop to the last statistic here, five in 10 employees in many, many polls, including this one that I'm citing from PWC, have said that if their employer forced them to return to a nine to five, five day a week office experience, they would quit. And of course, one of the biggest headlines in the recent weeks and months has been a steady talk about a great resignation as employees and people, humans are sitting back and reflecting, do I really like this experience that I'm having? Do I really wanna to return to that? Against the backdrop of that large and loud chorus of employees, companies are forming new strategies. Our customers like Spotify, a European country company, have learned firsthand that they can hire internationally and that work can be done productively anywhere. It can be done in a flat in Amsterdam. It can be done in a co working space in Lisbon. It can be done in a ski chalet in Sun Valley, Idaho. Companies like Okta have come to understand that the traditional offices that they may have built and deployed as recently as two years ago in cities like San Francisco. They're brand new practically, but they may no longer be relevant. The office designs and even the locations that they had may not be relevant for what they now understand they need. They recognize that office space, wherever it is, whether it's a co-working environment or whether it's a leased office, needs to be needs-based rather than mandated or required. Customers Customers of ours like VMware understand and have learned over the last two years that their employees can work from anywhere. And lastly, uh, uh, clients of ours like the GSA, which is the General Services Administration, this is the US federal government that in September of this year, two months ago, announced five major contracts to procure flexible co working services for government employees. The GSA is actually the largest office user on the planet and one of the largest employers. And they see in co working the opportunity for not just productivity of employees, but also significant benefits of equity and diversity and inclusion, significant benefits in sustainability, and significant benefits in flexibility and agility and what they call mission delivery, the ability to move fast and quickly. If we step back as an industry and if we start to imagine why this is such an incredible time for all of us, not just in the US, but in Europe and in Asia and in Africa, the fundamental underlying fact is that every company in the world. Every company in the world, from a 10-person startup company to a 100,000-person company like AT&T or a 2 million-employee company like the GSA, has to rethink how and where their employees work. And not everyone, not every company will jump to the future with us all, but the majority will. And And this will drive a massive growth for the industry that we've been in. Now, coworking has had an incredible decade. We as an industry have had an incredible decade. For the last 10 years, our industry grew over 40% year over year. In 2008, when I launched a coworking space, nobody knew what the word meant, but everybody knew what coworking was in 2019. And it was a $60 billion industry sitting inside of a $4 trillion office industry. Now, if you zoom out for a moment, we firmly believe that in the years ahead, it's quite possible that the office industry as a whole, which I call the dumpster fire, may contract. It's, it's quite likely that many, many, many large companies will be pulling back from their traditional leases and looking for smarter and more sustainable and more flexible and more distributed alternatives. Put simply, much of the spend in the office industry is going to shift from traditional leasing to all of us. And with that, predictions as recently as two years ago, pre-COVID, That the office industry might shift to as much as 30% use of flexible office by 2030. That was a a famous JLL prediction. Um, Those predictions now don't seem so crazy. In fact, um, if you look at the uh, the public offering report that WeWork shared with Wall Street back in October, I took the liberty of pulling this slide out of their deck. Their comment was, if you look at those blue lines, Those are the various predictions that were made about how much of the overall office market would shift to flexible office and coworking by 2030. And you had some predictions that went as high as 22 and even 30%. The orange line is WeWork's prediction now as a result of COVID, a radical acceleration of the adoption of coworking by companies large and small. The gray background on this is actually drawing a comparison. The gray background shows how long it took for e-commerce to become 30% of of consumer spending. It took about 25 years for buying things online to be over 30% of how people bought things, online versus at stores. What's radical about this chart now is that in the next four years, and I believe in this prediction, in the next four years, we're gonna see coworking grow as much as retail or as much as online procurement grew in the course of 25 years. Um, I pulled this slide as well out of my Cornet deck. Uh, before I showed this slide, I, I asked the 150 people in the audience. Most of them were corporate real estate executives and workplace strategy leaders. I said, who in the audience thinks that you're in the real estate business? And there was a little bit of nervousness, and you could see some heads looking around. And, and then many, many hands were raised up. And I smiled and I said, yes, I, I, I can appreciate that response. But no, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think we are all now in the happy people business, or at the very least, we all need to think like we are in the happy people business. What does that mean? Well, if we go back to that polling slide that I referenced before, employees are now speaking loudly and clearly. Work and workplace now begin with the consideration of what is going to be best for the employee, what will make them most productive, what will make them most engaged. Um, Is that a day working at a headquarters? For some, it may be but if we step back and think about what makes for happy employees in the context of them being productive and successful and engaged workers for companies, if you step back, it's really about the work that they do and the work that they do varies. Some days it's concentrating, other days it's collaborating, other days it might be bonding and, 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 and tightening up with colleagues or co-working, as we might call it. And if you think about it from that standpoint first, What's best for the employee on a given day might be working at home or near home. That near home option might be compelling if what I need to do is concentrate. And if, it's, if there's a co-working space three blocks from my flat in Amsterdam, and I can walk there rather than having to take an hour long train to the company's headquarters, then I'm a happier and more productive employee on that day. On another day, if what I need to do, or even if later that day, what I need to do is collaborate with my colleagues then it may well be that a co working space or a hub that might be a half a mile away where I can meet five other colleagues might be much more productive for me than, than all five of us navigating back to the traditional co working space. And then periodically, on those moments when the larger team comes together or the company has an all hands, co working or bonding and rediscovering group synergies is incredibly important too. We all know these things, all of these behaviors happen in our co working spaces. What large employers are learning now is that they need to rethink, they can rethink how they consider workplace. And it is no longer going to be simply a number of corporate lease locations. It's gonna be thousands upon thousands of locations that you all provide. Um, And with that, there's some new language that enterprises and large employers and we in the co-work industry are talking about. Uh, you hear mention of hubs and spokes and, and hub and spoke. This is new vernacular, new terminology that we all need to continue to help educate large companies on. Companies think about office as places that they buy or lease for 10 or 15 years. We together all need to help them open their eyes to concepts of things like hubs where it might be a smaller location. It might be a 10 person team suite inside of your co-working space on flexible terms by the month or by the year that is better located and maybe even is in a smaller city or a smaller town that they never had a traditional office in. We need to educate them on the idea of spokes, the idea that space can be tapped into, in some cases on demand. If Mark needs a place to concentrate a block away from his flat in Amsterdam and there's a co-working space available, that concept of a spoke that Mark as a corporate employee might be able to book on demand is a powerful and more flexible and more sustainable and more productive experience for Mark and his company. Then of course the term hub and spoke is the powerful idea of combining those two elements together. More and more companies are wrapping their heads and their plans around implementing these concepts of hubs and spokes to complement the existing traditional offices that they have. uh, it's not. It's not just a no-brainer, though, folks. Large companies uh, are like super tankers. Uh, they take a long time to change direction, and they think really, really hard about making decisions. Uh, it's not so quick and nimble as a small startup company deciding that they might move from one co-working space to another. And so, um, while the opportunity of large employers driving the growth of the co-working industry in Europe and elsewhere is is I believe almost guaranteed, we should all be as sensitive to the challenges that enterprises are gonna to have to overcome as they learn how to utilize our industry. They, they think about things like financial governance, controlling spend. They think about things like information security, GDPR and privacy. They think, they think about things like HR policies. Big companies don't just tell their employees in an email, yeah, go use co working. No, they think about and they write and create policies and they expect to have controls and oversight. Big companies think about the term duty of care. Large employers understand that they have a, a moral and a fiduciary, a financial obligation to ensure the safety and health of their employees wherever they might work. They think about big employers, big companies like Spotify and Facebook, think about Supply chains, how do they efficiently reach and connect with hundreds or thousands of co-working spaces globally? They think about legal and policy and consistency in contracts. They're concerned about and struggling with employment tax issues as their employees work everywhere. They have a huge appetite for a, a requirement to understand data. And one of the biggest things that enterprises have come to understand now is that the data that they trusted back in 2019 about where they should build offices and what those offices should look like, they now recognize that that data is no longer relevant. They need new data. They need to understand the new behaviors of work. A huge challenge. They also are wrestling with the challenge of what do I do with my large office portfolio that I still have leases on that may not be utilized very much in the future. They're concerned about culture. If I let my employees work in tens or hundreds of thousands of co-working locations, won't my culture suffer? We don't think so. I know you all don't think so, but we have to help enterprises become comfortable with that. And lastly, we have to help teach their employees how to undertake this change. Let's all remember um, that just because, um, just because uh, large employers like Spotify or VMware or Roche Di- Diagnostics might tell their employees, we have a new policy and we have a new tool like Liquid Space or UpFlex or others, to be able to tap into co-working spaces that alone does not mean that those employees will simply start to use co-working we as enablers like liquid space we all as an industry all of you as co-working spaces we are all uh, united in needing to help adapt behavior we need to invite them back we need to provide them with compelling value propositions and reasons to change their behavior again because their behavior changed 2 years ago when they all went home And whether they liked it or not, they've become accustomed to that and change is hard. Um, uh, So uh, at Cornet, we sort of moved toward a summary in this presentation and we said to the audience, again, this audience was your end customers. This audience was large corporate real estate executives and workplace managers and a lot of brokers too. Uh, We said, folks, you all will need new superpowers. You'll you'll need to be Iron Man and, and Thor. You'll need to have new superpowers to overcome those challenges. And there are very clearly today superpowers that are required for companies to be able to say goodbye to the future, to the past, to bury the past. There are new superpowers required for large companies to be able to effectively find and utilize extraordinary co working spaces around the world in large cities and small. And that understanding that we at Liquid Space. Got clarity on over the course of the pandemic led us to bring a new solution to market. We introduced a new product that we call Liquid Space Enterprise back in February of this year. And Liquid Space Enterprise was something old and something new. At the core of it was our marketplace. In 2011, Liquid Space was the very first transactional marketplace in the world where a user could search. Find and book a co-working space by the hour or by the day. We started that with three co-working partners in San Francisco, California. Six months later, we had expanded across the U.S. A year later, we had added Canada. A year after that, we had moved into Australia, and we grew in those three nations. That marketplace now has over 10,000 real estate partners, thousands of co-working uh, operators and brands, hundreds of landlords, and many other providers of space. That marketplace was a profitable and scaling business in 2019, but then the world changed. The pandemic happened. And as we've been talking about, companies began to think about office and workplace differently. That inspired us to create an additional product offering that together with our marketplace becomes a bundle that we call Liquid Space Enterprise. That new product offering is something we called Workplace Manager. For anybody that's in the techish sort of side of things, it's a software as a service SaaS application. Workplace Manager is a tool that we built for the workplace and HR and real estate leaders at mid and larger companies. It's a tool that lets a company put permissions and controls around the use of our marketplace to then provide it to their employees at scale. So when Spotify chose Liquid Space to be the platform that it utilizes to tap into co-working spaces around the world. They needed and they purchased liquid space enterprise and are using Workplace Manager to create the policies, to have the duty of care, the oversight. Workplace Manager is the management layer. And then the marketplace, which we invented in 2011 and has scaled ever since, is our growing and now international global marketplace of spaces. And for those of you that didn't hear this or didn't see my colleague Ricky Dorman's presentation uh, yesterday or the day before, Liquid Space is now welcoming co-working and flexible office partners around the world, and in particular in Western Europe. Um, so, so what are those super? So, we brought a new solution to market. We call it Liquid Space Enterprise. We sell that to big employers like VMware and AT&T and Spotify. They use that to be able to tap into space anywhere. When we're talking to a corporate real estate leader, we say the superpowers that we understand that you need include the following you need to be able to hire anywhere. Companies that in the past, as recently as two years ago, maybe only hired in major cities like London or Berlin or New York or San Francisco, most companies now recognize that they have to be willing and able to hire employees anywhere. That might be Chamonix, France, that might be Bend, Oregon. Um, That also might be San Francisco, but they now have to be able to hire anywhere. That's a new superpower that they have to have. And with that, they have to have the superpower as an employer of being able to deliver great workplace experiences anywhere and anytime. Whether that's on demand for a day of concentrating at a co working space down the street, or whether that's a hub that they might take in Berlin or Belgium or Brussels for uh, six months or two years. Great workplace anywhere, anytime. Employers also have an obligation and a mindset that they have to take care of. And be a steward, an overseer, a parent for the health and safety of their employees. That means that platforms like Liquid Space have to be able to guide companies and their employees to environments that they can trust to be safe. And of course, that also means that we, as a partner to co working spaces like all of you, need to be able to feature and show the work that you all are doing to have health and safety protocols and policies inside of your environments that companies can trust. We understand that companies also need to have a superpower of maintaining control. It might be nice if big employers weren't so control oriented, but they are. And we have to embrace that. The types of controls that companies need to have over their use of co- co-working include things like setting policies around how much their employees can spend and setting policies around the quality levels of co-working spaces that they wanna allow their employees to tap into. Our platform enables this. Companies also now have woken up many of them to our warming planet. Uh, and the fact that uh, the office footprint and spaces that aren't used are enormously expensive and also have a large carbon footprint. So a superpower that companies now recognize they need is they have to eliminate waste. There's financial waste, so, they need to have clarity on what they're spending, and they need to have real estate models where there is zero waste. And co working, flexible office, has that unique superpower pay for what you use when you use it. Do not sign long term leases that are always wasteful. From a carbon footprint standpoint, reducing real estate waste eliminates carbon footprint in addition. There are, are significant other benefits as companies enable employees with choice. On a day that an employee works at home, or on a day that an employee works at a co working space closer to home, they are, of course, avoiding travel to traditional offices that were likely further away. And the opportunity to document and shine the light on travel mile avoidance is one of multiple ways that we as an industry are all helping a planet that needs to be corrected from a sustainability standpoint. Companies, I mentioned earlier that data is so important. Companies now recognize, and it's a painful learning, they recognize that they need to have new data insights about how their employees are working, where they're working, the types of spaces that are useful for them. They need to relearn what workplace needs to be. They need to have a superpower of data insights so that they can be learning continuously. We're into a new chapter of relearning what Workplace is and platforms like ours and providers like you all are a part of giving them that data. Lastly, companies will be learning what it means to bridge culture, to build their culture in a new way. Companies used to think pretty simplistically about this. Oh, we have a headquarters in London or in New York City, all of our employees must show up there. That's where the culture is. Culture is a thing that can only happen inside of a corporate office. Well, that's bullshit. We all know that extraordinary culture happens in co working spaces. We know that culture can be built on Zoom calls, it happens everywhere. So, companies are learning that all of the workplaces that they use the headquarters, working at home, days at co working locations, seasonal pop ups in Europe, all of these locations, their employees coming together in various places over time is how their culture will be built. Um, Our mission and our vision statement at Liquid Space did not change during the pandemic. In 2019, and 2015, and 2011, and today, it was, and it remains, more happy people working in better spaces, all of your spaces. uh, The planet smiles. Um, uh, Last comment. As I mentioned, uh, we are now aggressively expanding liquid space around the world. We're working with companies based in the United States and international companies like Spotify. Um, For everyone in the audience, humbly we would love to be your partner if we are not working with you already. I hope for some of you a reaction to these ideas today is, is, yes, I'd like my company, I'd like my co-working space to be visible in liquid space so that big companies can discover it. Um, If that's interesting to you, you can either reach out to us by email, please do it right now, uh, at supplyliquidspace.com, at or you can go directly to liquidspace.com, the website, and click on List Space. Uh, it will be a privilege to work with all of you in the years ahead. Thank you so much.
0: Right. Thank you so much, Mark, for that. It was really, really, really interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, we have a couple of questions here. Maybe you can abroad. So I think yes. The first one is, what are the first steps I need to take if I want to move to hybrid workplace?
1: Um, that's a great question. So if you're like if you're a company, mm-hmm. yeah, you're you're a, you're a company. Well, let's let's assume that question is coming from the the vantage point of an employer. I'm a I'm a corporate real estate leader or a CEO or an HR executive, and I've I've been to some conferences. I've read about. I've heard about hybrid hybrid workplace. I see other companies announcing it, how do I do that? Um, we believe that you actually need to be very careful and thoughtful about that. It's mm-hmm. actually a multi-dimensional problem. It's not so simple as buying a co-working pass. It's not so simple as just clicking on a button on liquid space. When we're talking to enterprises, we help them break that problem down by thinking about four major dimensions of planning for a hybrid workplace. We talk about people, place, price, and process. And the idea around that is you have to think about people first. Where are your employees? What type of work do they do? What are their needs? Have you surveyed them? How often do they need space other than home? And for what duration? You need to think about place and all of those places that you've learned you have employee need. What operators, what types of spaces, what formats, what environments are available? You need to think about economics or price. Um, What will the cost be? How much of my existing office space can I let go of? What does co-working space cost in Belgium and in the UK and in Italy and in Latin America and in Asia? You need to understand it and map it on a local basis. And lastly, process. You need to think about controls and safety and oversight. And so by breaking it down into those categories, the first step is to map the problem before you pull the trigger to go another question
0: yeah thank you for that one um let's let's think about the co-working spaces uh, owners of co-working spaces are that are hearing out us today so how can they reach the enterprise customers yeah think? I think
1: um, so uh, here's the good news and the cautious news the good news is um, every day it seems if you go on to LinkedIn or, or the business news wires in the press in any city in the world any country in the world you hear more and more announcements of large companies declaring that they are implementing hybrid workplace or they are implementing remote working. It's, it, it is a, a good epidemic. That, that change is happening broadly. Here's the thing to be cautious about. Enterprises buy products and services differently. Um, large companies don't just go to Google. Large companies don't just say to their employees, good luck, you're, you're, we give you permission, you may go forward. Um, they look for platforms to do that. They look for ways to organize their supply chains. And so companies like Liquid Space and others that are working on this problem have emerged to solve the need for how to connect smaller operators and co-working opportunities in communities that have been out of view to large employers, how to connect that opportunity to large companies. Um, the last thing I'll say about that, uh, VMware, Spotify, AT&T, the GSA, they looked for tools, platforms that could allow them to reach not just Regis, not just WeWork, but to be able to reach the full opportunity of the thousands of brands that exist. That's the good news. Um, platforms are needed. Enterprises want to use all of your spaces, but they're, they're gonna find you in new ways. And it probably isn't gonna be as much finding you directly on Main Street. They're gonna find you through platforms.
0: Thank you very much. So just- we are, have run out of time, but uh, if you want to give a final thought, a final message of encouragement to fellow co-working owners spaces, coworking spaces owners, what will you say?
1: Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll just share the, the contact information on the website again, and I'll add one more. My name is Mark Gilbreth. Uh, I, I want to be your friends. I want to be your partners. I've, I've been in this industry for 15 years. I believe in it deeply. Uh, we're not new to the game. If anything I shared today interests you or offends you, I'd like your feedback and you can reach me directly at mark at liquidspace.com. And um, I am hungry for the day when I'll be standing with you in an environment, whether it's in Vienna when we reschedule or somewhere else around the world, I know that day is coming and it will be a pleasure to to be shaking your hands and, and hugging more than a few of you. So thanks so much. The future is very, very bright for all of us.
0: It is. Thank you very much for your time, Mark. Hope to see you soon on next co Europe.
1: Yeah, indeed. Stay safe, everyone.
0: Stay safe.